Yeah, welcome to the Shaw's Law Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Shaw. You know who I am and what I do. I'm Harry Potter, a.k.a. the Pod God. Today, I have the homie, the one and only, my brother, my best friend, at jshaw03245 in the mother-loving Skype, because we're not in the same spot today. <laughs> in the Skype. What up? Glad to be back. Let's hop right into it. Back like cook crack, you know we're going to go a little mailbag, we'll talk some NBA topics, and then like, who knows, it's me and Yosh, we might, we might wind up getting silly, silly, silly. Um, first, sing me my praises. Tell me how I knocked this John Wall shit out the park. Sing me my praises, peasant. I'm not, I'm not going to hold you, my son John Weasley, he has been getting busy, like, I... I mean, I knew the Christian Wood would be a good signing, but uh, I honestly thought uh, when the deal happened, I know a lot of people were saying, like, it's a while, so, like, nothing really changed. And I was skeptical of John Wall coming off uh, the Raptors Achilles. And, like, what is it? Like, he hasn't played in, like, two years. And uh, I know we came a long way with medicine and the uh, development of, like, these athletes and everything, but, like, he honestly looks the same. He looks great. Like, he's st- still so fast, passing, and he was always, like, a better floor general than Russ. But I was just still – I always thought Russ was still better. And, uh, I- I'm like, I- I'll give you your praises, he- but uh, that-, that Washington team is bad, too. That-, that-, that team is – that team is pretty bad, man. Like, I, I don't know. I don't – it's still early, and I don't want to overreact. But right now, you you looking like you're really that guy. Like, you might be him a little bit. I'm not going to overreact, though. We'll, we'll see what's up at the end of the season. You know I'm really him, cuz. Like, don't do not do not do that. You know I'm him. Um, now, for real, like, the John Wall thing was sort of blind faith because, like, the more I spoke to people that I find, like, smart basketball players, like uh, you and uh, Kenny, who did the Rockets pod with me and has been on the trade pod a couple times, and you, like, you guys were like, something we haven't seen John Wall in two years – and, like, I just couldn't get over what blind faith is selling myself short. I just thought he was a better fit next to James Harden. And I, I the blind faith comes in where I was like, oh, I just think this guy can still hoop. No, um, that, that, that's fine. And uh, he did look good in the what y'all call it videos. I'm not going to hold you. Like in those, but everybody, I don't, everyone seems to look good in those shits. You you watch them uh, over the summer mixtape. You thinking? I'm telling you, Ben Simmons got the ratchet now. Like his pull up game's gonna be for real. <laughs> so, but it was more of the. It wasn't even like more about like the shooting to me. It was more about like, oh damn, he kind of looks quick. You know what I mean? It was more of like, the yeah, like, 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 lost his step. Yeah, yeah, and like the biggest thing with him is athleticism. Like that's what like. His game is based around, like, he's a good playmaker, but, like, that's because he's, like, he's big and he's fast and he's long. So, like, if he lost that, he would take a – he would be – it would be a downgrade. But, like, once he was moving like that, I was like, oh, there might be some hope for him. And you know what you didn't take into account? What? That, like, his superpowers were going to be more active in red. Like, you know what Hood John Wall's from. Like, you know how he gives it up. Being in the Red Rockets uniform was really going to activate his superpowers even more. Like, if That's, you know, no. That is true. And I know them uh, North Carolina boys are so happy. Like, John Wall is their god. Oh, my God. 
Any chance they tell you that John won't really be in the hood throwing up that B shit with all his Jews on? They'll tell you that shit. Like, they'll tell you that shit ten times a day. Like, nah, he's really like that. He'll be in the hood, all his Jews on. Nah, he's. I'm telling you, all the time. I'm like, damn, nigga. Like, does he do anything else besides to have his Jews on me in the hood throwing up that B shit? What else is he supposed to do? You know what it is. I, I, I'm ready for playoff John Wall to come back. I need him to throw it on somebody and one so we can turn to the camera and throw up all them signs. You know what it is. Big B's, bitch. Like, that guy. Like, yeah, that one is funny as hoops. Like, when John Wall gets into that mode, I know it's like a meme that everybody loves, but, like, untucked Kyrie, mask LeBron, gang sign John Wall, they're just, like, fun versions of basketball players, like, where you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, what about what? Come on, we gotta say them all now. We gotta say Hoodie Mello. Or what is no, it? Hoodie Mello's not real, though. Hoodie Mello's from workout videos. Nah, nah, Hoodie Mello is real because Hoodie Mello, one, is probably might be the illest. Two, uh, playing in the hoodie's really hard now that I'm thinking about it because, like, you can't see the whole court. <laughs> but I don't want to get off topic here. He's a bucket. So I guess he doesn't need to see the whole court, but like he couldn't even see like with double. I guess it's just hard to have your head on the swivel. Like if you be talking on defense and shit, like I, I hate playing in the hoodie. Uh, but uh, anyway, and uh, what is it? Kobe isn't like bite tuck Kobe bite jersey underbite uh, Kobe. Yeah. Oh man, I, I forgot about underbite Kobe. Yeah, and this is random. And R. Peter Kobe. And whenever we see the basketball gods, are we talking about Kobe now? Like. I don't know, man. We're def- I'm definitely going to do a pod in January where, like, I have, like, Kobe fans just come on and, like, just talk their shit. Like, tell some Kobe stories. Man, I was just sick because Kobe, like, the way he was uh, evolving off the court was, like, somehow just as good as on the court, which is, like, completely amazing to me because he was amazing on the court. Like, like to be able to transition that smoothly and, like, effortlessly was insane to me. Like, any podcast we was on, he was by far the best guest. And then his attention to detail shit was just, like, great. And I was just like, damn, like, he really, like, he's just smooth. Like, he was just, I don't know. And we know what so, he did on the court. But. You know what you're describing, right? And it's something they just don't credit athletes enough for, probably because athletics is such a African-American dominated field. What? He's a genius. Like, the reason he was so good at basketball is because he's a genius. The reason he was able to adjust so quickly off the court is because he's a genius. But no, no, like, no. But, no, I see, like, I, I get that. And we had that conversation before. And I think there's a difference. Because there's, like, a lot of basketball geniuses. Like, he really might be, I think, like, he's, like, a world genius. A so genius. genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I want to give him, like, his credit with being, like, a genius on the court and off the court. Because we've seen a lot of guys transition that, aren't geniuses off the court but they get the talk they get the platform just because they're geniuses on the court you get what i'm saying yeah but like yeah i think it might be i think it's safe to say that kobe was a genius's genius like whatever realm he would have ventured into he was, he was going successful successful yeah i 100 agree with that um what what's your favorite nba story right now because mine might be what is Julius Randle doing, and how is he doing it? Um, he's uh, he's playing amazing basketball. I watched, I think, three of the Knicks games so far. It's very, very, very painful, especially as a Duke fan, because you want RJ to succeed. But 
he's just engaged. Like he's like he's playing like he's playing like winning basketball. Like he always had the talent, but like it seems like they say it's, I guess it's a contract year. And like I don't know if like Sun really wants to get paid, but like he's showing that like all right, nah, I can defend. Like he's always been a good re- he's always been like a double double machine, you know what I mean? Especially like yeah. he gets the minute. But now he's showing like, no, you can run the offense through me. And like I won't be a liability on the end of the court, like long as I'm engaged, you know what I mean? And he's showing that and he's doing this with like a team that it's kind of, it's, one, it's still early, early, and I don't want it to, uh, I don't want to get us to fall in. But, like, it really looks like he's, like, kind of, like, locked in, and it's really good because being around a team like this is, it's normally, like, hard, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's, it's the passing right now. Like, spin, like, he still spins a lot, but not nearly as much as he was, but it's the, and boom, it's to a shooter in the corner, and it's in his shooting pocket. Yeah, but it's really amazing because, like, he's fighting, like, triple doubles and getting them some nights, and they don't have a lot of spacing. <laughs> like, they really don't. It's Peyton, uh, Bullock Ashu, RJ, uh, him, and then, like, Mitchell Robinson and Noel. You know what I mean? That's not a great shooting lineup. RJ's shooting, like, he was shooting, like, 12% from three or something. Something crazy. And you, we know what type of shooter Peyton is. Bullock, Bullock got the gun, but, like, you know what I mean? And then another big. So, like, it's, it's really amazing that, like, he's able to work the way he's working right now. Um, Reggie Bullock's release is quick. Like, I didn't realize his – you want to talk about, like, the fastest gun in the East? That dude gets it on the rim fast. Yeah, it's just a very impressive start right now. And, like, he was so good. I tweeted out why the Knicks fans even hate Julius Randle. Like, because I didn't, I didn't get to watch a lot of them last year, but, like – during the preseason, I saw them hating on him. And then, uh, and I watched the two games. I was like, he's just clearly their best player. Like, there's not even like, it's not even like a close second. You know what I mean? So, with that said, um, Obi Toppin has been out. Do the Knicks sell high on Randall and try and move him? Because, like, the talk was always let Randall go off and, and increase his stock. I just don't think anybody thought the numbers would look like this. And that they'd be winning games. Does winning games change anything? Uh, I would. I think I would sell high on him. Uh, just because, like, I don't know if he, like, fits uh, what they're trying to do. Well, I don't know what the Knicks are trying to do. But I'm just saying, like, look outside looking in. You would think you would want RJ. You want Mitchell, the young guys. And then Obi Toppin plays, like, the same position as him. So, I figured... Uh, how old is Randall? 20, 20 what? Six, 27. Okay. So I think I would try to sell high and get, like, if, if you could get good assets for him and maybe a pick or so, you know what I mean? Depending on, like, the right trade. That's just uh, me just speculating. But uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be opposed if they kept him, I guess. Julius Randall. Like, he's playing really good basketball. Like, he's, like, he's doing everything that you want. You know what I mean? Like, he's got you guys winning. He's locked in on both ends. And he looks like he's just leading by example right now. No, that's but, true. He's 26 for the record. I just looked it up. Okay. I figured he was around that age. But uh, what was I going to say? They, 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 they're they saying it's because they got your boy back. Really? Is he on the bench? Who, Kenny Payne? Yeah, yeah. Son, whatever role Kenny Payne is playing in New York... It, 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 he's t- he brought all his magic there, and he didn't leave an ounce of it for Cal at Kentucky. Good God, do we suck. 
Well, he, he, well, they said he had a huge reason uh, they drafted quickly, and quickly looks good. Like he's a master at drawing fouls. That, that is one thing I we'll talk about that later. But we'll we'll go on. Just go. On. Well, quickly is an elite shooter, and while I thought he was a stretch at twenty five, like I thought it was a little too early. I also strongly believed that when they were talking about the best shooters in the draft, his name should have been brought up like way more than it was. That guy can really shoot. No, 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 he does. Uh, automatic from the line, got a good little three ball. Seems like a hard worker. So, and like I said, like with the lack of spacing on that team, like that's another young guy, fits their age, and then like you're going to need someone that can stretch the floor. So, not mad at it. And he played really good in the preseason. So, we'll see what he's doing. All right. Um, just the, the floor is yours. Go off. Your your guy is really hooping. He's hooping so much that um, my man Corbin NBA tweeted that your guy is an MVP candidate and we don't want to have the conversation. So just go off. Like let that. No, thing- I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that because I I keep saying this. I'm gonna say this a lot because it's still early. You know what I mean? It's it still is early, early, but like he's playing. Some of the best. No, he's playing great. Like he's playing great, but I still think this team's gonna have a lot of ups and downs just because of like the shooting world. Like they're gonna have nights where teams just pack the paint and they just have off shooting nights because they don't have enough shooting on this roster. But uh, I just really want to give credit to Stan right now, bro. Like I did not know Stan was gonna let him rock out like this. Like Stan said he was gonna put the ball in his hands more and like really let him work. But like, I mean, it's sometimes it's just pass the ball to Tucker offense. If like, does everybody know what that means? That's literally when you just have the one guy on offense and you just give him the ball and get the hell out the way. So, like, he's really letting – like, that's why you're seeing, like, these high-sky numbers because, like, B.I. is the lead uh, scorer. He's the he's the playmaker. And Stan's literally like, no, nah, we win and lose with you. Like, the media doesn't know that uh, he's the best player, but Stan clearly does. Like, the media will have you think, like, it's Zion. And I thought – I don't know what's going on with my, my, my young boy, but, like, the way Stan is just letting him rock has just been so fun to watch. Because last year with uh, Alvin, it was like it was more of a like uh, free flowing and like everyone gets like a chance opportunity. Like Bi was still the guy, but like sometimes late down the stretch, which the most would used to drive me crazy. Unless Bi was really rolling, they wouldn't give him the ball. Like they, I felt like they would forget who their best player was and who their closer was supposed to be. But, like, this year, like, they clearly know where the ball is supposed to go. Like, most good teams do. Like, down the stretch, you want the ball in your best player's hands. And uh, Stan's been doing a really good job of just running plays for him, screening rolls, isos, pin downs, and just letting him work. So I think that's why we're seeing this. And I always do harp on saying that uh, situation is everything. Like, my boys had, like, three or four coaches, and he only, like, four or five seasons in. Like, he finally got a coach that's – Actually, know what the hell he's doing, and like he's looking, he's looking really good. Yeah, no, I shit me. You know how I feel about D Book. D Book had every coach in the league so far. Um, while we speak about D Book, the Chris Paul effect is such a real thing. Like CP3, just just finds a way to win. Like, what were the numbers last year for? The Thunder, 538 from ESPN, had them at, like, a 2% chance of making the playoffs. And, like, Chris Paul just, like, laughs at those things. Like, look, take your little computers elsewhere. I'm on the court. I'm on the team. 
You you know what you know the vibes with me. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of it's one I really like this because uh, one uh, last year I, I'm pretty sure we both laughed at that though. Like I, I I'm not gonna look front and cap and say that uh, uh, OKC was a, a shoe in for the playoffs, but I was just like, wait, you niggas don't think he stands a ch- excuse me, you guys don't think he stands a uh, stands a chance? I'm like it's Chris Paul, he just wins. You know what I mean? He just just does. Like, everywhere he goes, he's like a walking playoff berth. Yeah, for real. And uh, this year, I feel like more people had them in, especially with the way, uh, I know we did, but especially with the way the Phoenix Suns proved that they were capable of playing when they really want to get locked in in the bubble. Even though they went went 8-0 and they didn't make it, but, like, they got the respect of the league. And then adding CP, what he just did, a lot of people were like, nah, they're going to make the playoffs. And it's great because... uh, we have an up-and-coming star that should be in the conversation with uh, Jason Tatum's, Lucas, at least from my point of view. I'm pretty sure yours, too. This is a guy that can score from anywhere on... I'm going to let you go, because you let me talk about my guy, but, like, this is your guy. So I'm, I'm going to let you get your shit off. Let me, uh, my bad. Before, wait, before I get into how fly Devin Booker is, I just got to give credit to Mikhail Bridges, who has just stepped it up immensely this season. Like, the 3 and D guy that everybody projected him to be after he was drafted out of Villanova is exactly who he has turned into this year. Like, let me just get you his – I'll get you his just raw counting stats. I don't even have to get, like, the advanced numbers. But he's 15 a night on 50% from the three. He's playing good defense. It's a, a block and a half a game just about and a steal a game. He's just like the perfect high-level role player next to Book and CP. I couldn't agree more. And uh, I actually had the pleasure of watching them play early in the season when they uh, blew out the uh, what do I call when they blew out uh, New Orleans. And the defense he was playing on Ingram, I was just like, this guy is long can shoot. I was just like, these are the type of energy players that I want on my favorite players team. Like. You could plug them in anywhere, and they're just going to work because the, the skill set that they have is so valuable, too. And he's actually good. So, like, I'm, I'm glad that you're giving him his praise because I forgot about him. But when I was watching him, he's a guy that just uh, might not be, like, the noisiest or the flashiest player, but uh, Real Hoop has no, like, nah, this guy has a really big impact on winning games. And then, like, as far as book, like, right now, it's a very less is more approach. He's getting a double game probably because – He's so good at scoring that it's probably difficult for him to not walk into an NBA arena and just get 20. Like, you probably just mark those up. But it's way less than last year, but there's more winning. He's doing a little bit less because the quality of his teammates has improved. Chris Paul is obviously an upgrade over Ricky Rubio, but Mikhail Bridges is better this year. DeAndre Ayton is making steps forward. Cam Johnson... You got to throw Jay Crowder in there because, like, he's a guy that wherever he goes, he's kind of like the Mapera Bridges. Like, he's just a winning player. When yeah, he with was the Grizzlies, like, they were winning. We said when it was the Heat, he was making plays. Like, that. that's another guy that has a – who's not flashy, but, like, he's a really good sound basketball player, and he's just been a part of – and he was with the Celtics when they were – like, he's been around, and he knows how to win. No, that's a really good point. And, like, just – it's cool knowing that, like, 30-ball Booker – is in there, but that he doesn't have to come out every night for the Suns to be competitive. 
Him and CP scored like 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 less than eight, and they won by like twenty. That's just amazing to me. You know what I mean? And Booker has to. I I know he's happy about it because like he's the guy that he had he had seventy one before and lost. He had a stretch of like like a crazy just thirty balls and like twenty. You know what I mean? So he's done all the scoring and like he's just like. Bro, the way to really give respect in this league, like, they know I'm a bucket. Like, I got to win, and I got to get to the playoffs. And, like, his game is just literally made for the playoffs. So I think that's when he's going to shine his brightest, and there won't be any more empty numbers guys or stuff like that. So I'm excited to see, like, what these guys can do. All right, I'm going to – I would never guess this, but I'm going to try and make you guess it anyway just for fun. Shoot. First game of the season, 0 for 6 from 3. Second game of the season, two for five. Third game, 0 for five. Fourth game, 0 for five. Are these just like the threes or what? Yeah, just threes. It's Donovan Mitchell. Nope. Um, wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me get another. Guy. Donovan Mitchell's been shooting so bad, so I just figured it was him. Uh, and then the fifth game, he was three for ten from deep. Three for ten, getting up all them shots. Yeah. JJ's in the stretch, but JJ doesn't get to shoot that much. Uh, He's shooting hmm. 16%. 16%. Oh, it's got to be. Wait, he's shooting 16 right right now? 16% right now, and he is. It's got to be RJ. Am I right? Nope. got to be. Nope. Um, no, this is somebody that we had as a consensus MVP candidate. Oh, it's fucking Luca. He's been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it. Damn, I was it's way off. It's Luca. Yeah, he's, yeah. Does he yeah, look he fat? He's always looked like he's always looked like he's uh like guard. Not, yeah, like he's not, not like like man. I could kill these guys. I don't gotta get in shape. You know what I mean? But I feel like he just has like one of those awkward builds to me. That's just me. You know what I mean? He and did. Uh, I did hear him talking about his shot selection. I remember him kept saying, like, he got to shoot better shots and, like, it's hurting the team. And uh, they, they, they've been, they haven't been that great this year, you know? No, they have not been great. But, like, it's, it's so hard to pod this early in the season because, like, you want to talk about small sample size? They've played five games. But also, no, that's why I keep saying, like, we don't want to overreact. You know what I mean? But also, like, it's what – it's the – it's what we have in front of us. Like, they've played five games, and in those five games, he has not been good. And I know it's early in the season, but, like, a bad five-game stretch in the middle of the season is worth talking about. So a bad five-game stretch in the beginning of the season is worth talking about. Eventually, you get more games and your body of work fills out, but he's been he's been bad. Nah, he has been. Uh, he's making me look like a jackass. So, no, me uh, too. I had him as my MVP. <laughs> That's why I said he'd make me look like a jackass because you're preaching to the choir here. Uh, but as as things where all good teams do, I do. Uh, they're definitely missing KP, but I do feel like things are eventually going to balance out, as you just said. So uh, don't want to overreact. Give him a little bit more time, but uh, definitely concerning. And you're, I'm keeping my eye on the teams that are getting off to slow starts. Like, uh, like Denver's been really bad. Denver only has like one win. And, Denver uh, has been rough. Um, Jamal Murray is dying to go back to the bubble. Clearly, 
there was another team that we talked about Washington. But oh, no, Toronto. the Raptors. Yeah, that, I just said that Toronto. Yeah, them. That that was that was like, hmm, what's going on with them? You know what I Can mean? Can I ask you a question about them? Shoot. Do you think do you think they have a disadvantage this year? By not being they're not at home. Like they're living in Tampa again. Or in Tampa. Like everybody else, like sure there's no fans, but there's something about being home in your own bed, in your own city. Yo, I know where the best bagel is in my city. I, I, I can go pick up my kids from school. Or do I have to move my kids? Like, are my kids living in Tampa for this year? Like, there's just a lot of extra stuff that other teams aren't dealing with. Like, they're already the only team that plays in another country. Now they're in America and it's not home. Like, are they staying in a hotel or do you rent out an apartment for the season are you bringing your family down there's just stuff that you have to account for that other teams aren't dealing with no i definitely think it's a a disadvantage and it's kind of like the bubble but like magnified and way worse because like the bubble was like a short period of time and like you had to, like, a you like at least you, there was, like, a goal. You know what I mean? Like, you're locked in. Like, all right, I'm just going to make this tunnel run, then I'm back to babe, I'm back to my mom. And, like, if you got far enough, you can invite your family. And I'm sure, like, they're still able to see their kids and everything, but, like, they're already on the road, and then they, they don't get to go home? And no, like, it's just, it, like, real life does affect the way you, you play. You know what I mean? So Remember? I definitely do feel like uh, you are kind of hitting, like, the nail on the head with uh, they might be dealing with some stuff that, like, we're not even thinking about. And sometimes they might not even – they could be aware, might not be aware, but, like, sometimes that stuff does, like, trickle down to the court. Well, we're talking about the Raptors, and you're saying there's stuff like that where real life affects you. We can use a Raptors example. Fred Van Fleet's wife was pregnant the year that they won the championship, and the internet was doing Fred dirty, like – Damn, he just he left the clip. And he can't shoot no more. Man, look, that pregnancy ended. Baby Fred was born, and Fred was an assassin. Everything moving, he was smoking. So you don't. <laughs> yeah, think I remember calling the father Fred. <laughs> no, but like really, like yo, oh my god, are we gonna be on the road when my wife goes into labor? Am I gonna be in the middle of a game and like somebody's gonna tap me on the shoulder like, yo, you gotta get on? the first plane out of here. Like, you got to leave now, not at halftime, but now if you want to make it. I'm sure that was weighing on his mind. And then his baby was born, and then everything. What's that thing? Dot, 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 dot on his head. Dot on his <laughs> No, no, that's a, that's a really, really good point. Because I like to, like, put myself in their shoes and, like, just thinking about that. Like, of course you're going to be want to be, like, basketball is how they make their living but like this is the love of your life like your seed like so that has to weigh on you heavy and then you're already in like the most stressful time of your job because like you got to remember all their plays you got to remember your plays and like the so definitely i could see how that could be very very stressful all right so if you were if you were a raptors player and like we won't even make your life super well i guess it has to be semi-complicated you have a wife and school-age kids are you bringing them down to Tampa or are they living in your home in Canada for the season? What are you doing if you're in their shoes? If I'm, uh, see, like the biggest thing is with me, uh, I feel like it's going to turn into a relationship pod, but uh, 
gotta be it gotta be communication. Communication gotta be everything, and you gotta listen to both sides. So when I would hear them out, and I wouldn't make the decision by myself. Sorry to like give you like a, a weak answer, but like I would consult both parties, and like we would come into a mutual agreement. Like of course I would want them there, but I wouldn't want to force them there. You know what I mean? No, that's probably the best answer. Like, because you're right, you do need to talk that over because you've built a life in Canada. Does your wife or significant other have a job where she can just up and move to Florida for an eight-month basketball season? Uh, How does your kid feel about that? Like, it's probably already stressful that they're not seeing their friends enough. Now you got to just go live somewhere else, and it's not like you have the all the opportunities to make friends because of COVID, it does need to be a family discussion. But I'm sure that's weighing on the Raptors, and I think that could be attributed to their slow start. Yeah, I couldn't imagine being on a long road trip. <laughs> like, like when, uh, I don't even, like, traveling a lot, but, like, uh, when I was gone for, like, uh, like, when I went for, like, Florida, I couldn't wait to come back and see you, come back from Ireland. Like, first thing I want to do is see my damn family. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then so, like, to get off of a long basketball road trip and then not actually go home, but to go to, like, some foreign city and your family not be there, that sucks. It does, because, like, one of the most famous sayings is, ain't no place like home. So, like, just the whole time being not home, yeah, that, that sounds miserable. Well, I'm glad we got to touch on that with the Raptors. I still think they are a superstar away from a championship. Like, just how they were able to take Kawhi one year and you plug a a high-level wing into that team and boom, championship contender. I Uh still believe that. It pushes everybody back a roll. So, uh, losing Mbaka and Marcus Sol was a – well, Mbaka really. But Mark was good for them. I'm going to take a sip of work, my bad. You know, no, Mark was fly. Uh, Yeah. Just as so they still have lost some pieces, but like they still have the main core that really like got it done. So uh, depending what like wing you put on them, like I could definitely see them being right back in the the thick of things. You know what I mean? With a real shot. Yeah. All right. Are there any other general NBA subjects you want to talk about, or do you want to jump right into the mailbag? Uh, I feel like what I don't even I. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's anything like the way. Oh, oh actually, no. We we need to talk about the NBA uh, with the officiating. Like, there has to come to a point where they just there's there needs to be like there's a fine line between like basketball. Like the '80s and '90s is like you're clotheslining people, and today like you really can't touch people, and you get mad about people like not playing defense, but like. The NBA is so soft and it's so hard. Like, they just want everyone to average 35 and up. Like, it's really annoying to watch because, like, you should just be able to play basketball. You know what I mean? And, like, and I just hate watching it because it's just, like, I get, like, like a, like a guy like Marcus Smart, right? Like, he's 6'4", like, from the hood, yak. And then, like, you're, I'm thinking, like, why is he flopping? Like, that's because, like, he's trying to take advantage of, like, the situation. Like, we might call him soft or weird or weak, but, like, if Marcus Smart was in our face, we would have said none of that. Because, like, you, you, if you said it, you wouldn't even believe it standing next to him. Like, we seen, I seen the way he plays pickup. Like, I know he's a dog. Like, you can't do none of that weird stuff, like, when there's no rest around. He only does it because, like, the way the game is officiated. And, like, it's really starting to bother me, man. Like, it's just, like, play ball, bro. Like, hoop. Like, I can't stand it. Like, it's, 
that's something I had to get off my chest. All right, so let's jump into. I'll give. I'll let you give an example, but like the first one that comes to mind is Trey Young is playing James Harden ball, and it's probably good for James Harden overall to see, like, for like us that were like killing James Harden for it to not just be a Harden thing. It's just people don't find this style of play pleasing. Like Trey Young hunting fouls has begun to bother everybody in, in a similar way to how Harden does. And that, and I saw Ingham go for a block last night. Like, he, he, he hits the ball first, and then he comes across to do space. And I'm thinking, all right, that's definitely, like, it's a flagrant one. Like, yeah, he got hit. But, like, his intention was to stop the guy from scoring. They kicked him out of the game for that. Like, that, that's absurd. Like, that is just crazy. That's the type of stuff that, like, yo, like, then I could try to stop this guy, but, like, if I accidentally hit him on his face, like, let me just let him get two points. Like, they just don't want you to play any sort of defense. Like, it's it's really getting crazy out here. Like, you remember that one time when Cousins had, like, 55 and, like, 20, or he went crazy on, on someone, and he said, it's getting ridiculous out here. I'm glad yeah. the world is Like, that, that's how I feel about watching the NBA sometimes. No, but, like, all right, so – I understand your point on Ingram. I think your language is wrong. He's not trying, like, when you say he's trying to stop the guy from making a basket, if you make it sound like he gave a hard foul, like one of those, like, wrap-up fouls. He was really trying to block that shot. He was trying to block that shot, and these are the best athletes in the world, and the guy kind of, like, moved the ball to the side a little bit so that Ingram missed the ball or didn't get enough of the ball. And like that's he hit the ball, but like he hit the ball first, which was the thing that I was like, "Damn!" Like he, it's it's crazy. Like what is going on? Like he clearly is getting the ball, and then like his follow through hits him in the head. So like you can see like his intent is to block the shot, not to clothesline him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. The other night, this isn't. I know you're not supposed to touch the refs. You're not. But like there needs to be like a human element to this, like where you take situation and like what happened into account so deandre ayton throws a nasty inbounds pass jordan clarkson steals it and he's running to the left corner to like get a three because it's jordan clarkson he got a steal it's free money like if i make this three hey we found three points if i miss it it was supposed to be the sun's ball anyway and he's dribbling to the corner and the action happened so fast that the ref is like trying to backpedal out of the way and Jordan Clarkson dribbles it off of the ref's foot and the ball ricochets off the ref's foot, hits Clarkson's knee, and then it starts going out of bounds. And like Clarkson goes to run for it, but the ref is in the way and like he kind of like runs and grabs the ref and then the re- and then the ref is and he like pushes the ref out the way like, "Damn, man, you got in the way. I would have been able to get that." Or if you weren't in the way at all, I wouldn't have dribbled it off your foot. And the ref is like, boom, technical foul. And then he got fined 25 grand for it. And all I can think is, one, the ref shouldn't give him a tech on that. Two, the league can't double down. Like, that is, oh, it was such a corny play. No, I saw it. Uh, someone put a video up on it, and I watched it, and I saw everything uh, that you're saying. I was just like... That's that's definitely like you you just gotta know you're in the way. And I'm thinking maybe because he stared at him, but like even then, like the fuck out the way. You know what I mean? No, 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 but then yeah, that's why he stared at him because 
I stole it. You were in my way. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, he's doing his job. Do your job, bro. Like, like you're affecting me from doing your job. So, like, or my job. So, it just, I, I definitely get what you're saying. Like, it uh, gets better in the playoffs, the officiating, because they allow you, uh, they let you to play more, and it's a little bit more physical. But, like, it's just really, like, annoying to watch sometimes. It's just, like, like they're messing the art of, like, drawing fouls. And uh, I don't know. It's just not fun to see to me sometimes. They're playing a way that they would never play pickup. Like, you wouldn't snake the screen, stop, let the defender hit you, and then, like, take, like, the little bump jump shot and be like, ah, man, I missed that. I need that back. You don't play pickup like that. So, like, I don't like that the best league in the world is allowing the best players in the world to manipulate the system. Yeah, and 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 it's, and it's crazy because the show doesn't know consistency. Scrolling through Twitter, and I see a Celtics fan. Uh, Jalen Brown does the same exact thing, right? But you know, like the the Kyle, like the the, the he doesn't. There's no screen, so like he gets it at half court, and there's a guy trailing him, and he runs in front of him, and then he stops, right? Yeah. The guy runs him over, and they call Jalen Brown for an offensive foul. What? That's insane. Like, there, 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 there's no way that one could be a foul and the other could be an offensive foul. Because I've seen Kyle Irving do that multiple times. Chris Paul, when they just run in front of you, the guy, and then they're stopping and let the big man run into them. Oh, that's right. And Jalen, but Jalen Brown got offensive foul for it. And I was just like, hmm? Like, how, like, it's just, oh, man, it's just really bad. It's just, it's, just, it's, it's sad, man. All right, let's transition to the mailbag. This wasn't submitted by a reader. This is uh, by a listener. This is just me to you. All right, you remember the Martin twins? Yeah. Two on one, hell in the cell. The Martin twins versus James Johnson. Who you got? Man, probably it's probably like you can't stop James Johnson, bro. Come on. Like and like this is two like what six seven or two six five dudes who are NBA athletes, and I'm still taking James Johnson. You know why? Because his name sounds like a supervillain. They call that dude Bloodsport. Why would I ever want to be locked in a cage with a dude they call Bloodsport? Uh, just yeah, you're not you're not gonna beat him. But like he had to, he had to stand up for him because that's his brother. Like, if I'm about to get knocked out by the biggest guy, you better be about to get knocked out by the biggest guy. Yeah, yeah, it goes Me and you are just going to both be looking like Debo at the end of Friday. Exactly. So, like, exactly. So, I'm, I'm um, mad at them for it. But uh, uh, definitely, definitely after, I know when we get to the locker, I'm doing, I'm going to say, yo, what the fuck is your problem, man? <laughs> like, like, what are you, like, you trying to get us both killed? <laughs> like, yeah, on, you got to make better decisions than that. You gotta make better decisions than that, but in the heat of the moment, sometimes you you forget that they really call that man blood sport and he's a black belt and he'll really kick your head off your shoulder. No, 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 no. They they forget. Like, well, the one dude might have forgot because like he didn't hit him. The other brother, I know he knew what was going on, but he was just saying, I gotta wear it because it's my brother. Cause I've been in weird situations like that, like not even my brother, but my man's where they used to be like, Come on, man, like him, damn, like he about to knock you out, and then I gotta get knocked out too, I guess. Like, I don't want to do it, but you're my man, so we're going to ride Here together. we go. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's uh, jump into some other ones. Uh, this one comes from uh, Adam Williams. How do you feel about NBA accessories? What do you mean? Like the sleeves and the headband and stuff? 
Yeah, like, are you a sleeve, headband, leg band, Under Armour shirt? Uh, and, and when I did play, I was a, uh, I was a uh, Under Armour man. I'm not gonna hold you. The Under Armour's feel good, and uh, I do like the. The, my biggest thing is like uh, that it'd be looking good on some people, and some people are just over excessive with it. But like I honestly, the one thing that I really do like, like I could never like I like to play in the the what is it the body armor stuff like with like the pads so when you get contact and like the if you bang like your shin or land funny like they protect your fall like that stuff actually works like I actually do really like that stuff and it's actually like useful and it's not even like to look cool like that shit actually like helps you so i do like that stuff but uh as for like the sleeve or anything i feel like the sleeve and like the other stuff kind of be just to look cute out there you know what i mean all right well first of all i was gonna say the body armor doesn't count because it's so useful but like you do know like you look mad dope when like you have one of those on and then you take your jersey off after the game you be looking like oh this nigga was hooping in a bulletproof vest he's a super superhero out here <laughs> like those joints look fine <laughs> no nah, they do they do look really cool um funny. I, I had a headband stage when i was a little kid but like that was when the n1 mixtape tour was in and like you wore your headband upside down there, there was one dude on tennessee who used to wing wear his Chism. headband that people used to like who, what was his name wing huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember they asked about you. Why, why, like, come on, y'all can't be rocking your headband like that. But they loved it. They, oh, did they love it? Oh, Benji, you always used to do that shit. That used to have me in tears. Rocking the headband like that? Nah, Wayne Chisholm did rock his headband kind of funny. Yeah, um, that. Never thought we'd get a Wayne Chisholm shout out on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> like, for me, accessories aren't it. But, like, also, uh, like I spend a fair amount of time in tattoo uh, tattoo parlors and tattoo chairs. Like I, I'm trying to get y'all to see these, so I'm not really putting on an arm sleeve or a leg sleeve. I'm trying to let y'all see this work. I don't know. Like it's it's more about like kind of be like your favorite player because I don't even feel like they're comfortable really. But like when when John Wall and Austin Rose had that two tone sleeve, I'm in Dick's. Where are the two-tone sleeves at? <laughs> Where are they? I need one. <laughs> I need one badly. And I feel like AI made it so popular. AI had to sleeve. He crossed the people. I need the sleeve. You know what I mean? So, like, and normally be just kind of like, who be, like, wearing them, I feel like. And it's just, like, they look so cool doing it. You know what I mean? Well, I, th- I feel like that's where all the accessories came from. AI had the sleeve, the headband. He had the finger bands. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, and he looked bands cool, were stupid. Like they're really dumb, but like, like AI just looks so cool, and you just like you just throw it on. You're like, yeah, don't don't. You see the finger bands, the headband, the sleeve. Like, you know what I'm about to do, cause you know who wears these. So like, you just feel like mad cool when you have it on. The two tone one was crazy though. Like that that was the only that was the one that I was just like, I need that man. Like that's that's the one. I don't care. All right, you ever seen somebody come up with all the gear on? And, like, have you ever been fooled, like, nah, this dude gonna hoop? Or you see too nah, much nah, gear and you're like, this... nah, this dude sucks? Well, that, well, I don't seen, uh, I don't seen some people with the, the, the two sleeves. I, it kind of sucks because I knew him play beforehand. But, like, if I would have just known him, like, off, like, that would have been my first impression, I would have known him this isn't it. Because, like, there's, there's some dudes that with the, you know, the, 
headband, two sleeves, sleeves, new kicks, and you're just like, oh man, now I might beat this nigga forty to nothing. Like it's, it's just, it's just too much. You know what I mean? Like there's just some people that like you're trying way too hard with it. Like you can have some accessories, but like there's definitely a, you could you look goofy out there, but too many accessories. And then there's some people that you're like, oh, I don't know. He he got just a just a little dark sleeve, like got a son got a taper and like the like the slight sleeve, like he might be all right, and then he's trash. So I I done definitely seen uh been on both ends of it. You've been on both sides of the fence. <laughs> yeah, and 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 it's worse because when uh when you think son is nice, oh man, that that is that 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 gets you that is shit is heartbreaking. Um, where do the Hawks finish in the Eastern Conference? Man, the Hawks are deep and they are rolling. That motherfuckers is rolling, rolling. But uh, the way they're looking, like bro, shit, they looking like a top four finish. Like, I, I like, they're probably man. Still so early. That was submitted by. Uh, hold on, let me just let you know that was submitted by uh, Pat Benson, um, and he wrote a super fly book about Kobe and Kobe's uh, history with sneakers. Y'all need to go pick that up. All right, I, I definitely will. Cause like, damn, I wasn't like the biggest Kobe fan, but like, Kobe died. That shit hurt everyone. Ooh, Kobe. Um, the name of the book is Kobe Bryant's uh, Sneaker History. It's available on Amazon for. $20 if there's anybody listening that wants to purchase it for me. Appreciate y'all. Um, but yeah, that's, 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 that's really good advice because Kobe's are the best shoes to hoop in by far. Kobe's, Kobe's and KD's are low times, but there's nothing like Kobe's though. Kobe's are like, I said that before when Kobe's a lot. Those, nothing like the hooping Kobe's, man. Those shits are just, I don't know. You know we'll who I, I don't want to admit whose shoe I play in because he's a no, goof. I hated his shoes. I, I, I should have saw this shoe coming. I hate his shoes. Goofball. I, I cannot stand his shoes. Um, the Hawks, for me, they just look so good. They got so many good players around Trey Young. Like, the, the Hawks did so good this offseason, I got mad at the GM. Like, Why? Huh? Why? Because I thought if the Hawks sucked again this year there was a chance that Trey Young would try and lead the league in scoring and assists like Tiny Archibald. But, like, they just got him so many good players that that's, like, off the table. Like, they're just going to be competitive. They brought in Bogdanovich. They brought in Gallo, um, Rondo, um, Chris Dunn. They've had internal development from John Collins. It's their first full year with um, Clint Capella. Who looks awful. Capella looks terrible. Uh, it's, uh, I don't even know if he was playing the game. I I, I watched honestly. He probably but, uh, just didn't notice him. I know he was de- he was dealing with something like strain on his calf. Or he, was, he was something was wrong with him. But uh, Hunter Cam, like they they really do got like uh, a lot of pieces around them. Gallo Gallo just got hurt. He's out for. But like they're they really are pretty good, man. Like those guys are. They do have like a really actually like good team, and uh, they can play a lot of styles. Like they have, uh, they can play big. They can go small. They got shooters, so it's gonna be fun to watch them play. And uh, I know people are really mad about uh, <laughs> they got they got a uh, one national uh, TV game. That is kind of crazy because like 
even though like we don't uh, we've been complaining about the way uh, Trey's been playing, like Sun can still hoop. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, like even when we said about James Harden drawing foul, like he can still hoop. Like he's still good for probably like twenty five and like ten, like without playing like that silly way. Like he's really a special player on the court. So uh watching them is uh definitely gonna be fun because they got so many just pieces, man. You brought up the national TV schedule. The NBA needs flexes. Like, the... Holy crap. The NFL can, like, just flex a game out of the national TV schedule. Like, oh, wait, we were going to show you uh, the Saints, but Breeze and Kamara are out? Nah, nah. We, we just flex them right out of the, right out of the national TV game. Let, let, let's get a crew somewhere else. Nobody wants to watch the Saints without uh, Kamara and Breeze. You know what I mean? Like, the NBA should be able to do that. Like, yo, we were expecting to see... Like, flex some of these Clippers games out. Like, they want to get beat by 175 points? Flex them right on out of a national TV game. Maybe they'll give a damn. And Kawhi was out, too. But, uh... But, like, as far as the Hawks... I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying, like, it makes a point. Like, oh, he's sitting out. Boom. Like, let's get, like, we want to... We put you guys on TV because, like... He's your best player, and, like, we want to be watching him play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the Hawks, um, it's still early, but they look like one of the five best teams in the East easily. Yeah. Uh, I definitely I definitely agree with that. Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to hold you. They, they, really, they really stepped it up. But, like, it still really is early, and uh, I feel like if I pull it up, there's probably going to be some weird teams that uh, have any – yeah, like right now it's uh, Philly, Orlando, Indiana, and Cleveland. And uh, Atlanta's at, uh, well, they're all tied for the second spot right now. So, like, it really super, super early. we got to remember that. And, uh, like, Milwaukee's going to be up there. I feel like Miami will get it together. So, it's we just got to, I mean, we're doing it now. We can only react to what they played, so. Um, this comes from uh, Riley McInerney, a.k.a. Young Dumby. Um, who will be the first team Becky Hammond is the full-time NBA coach for? Um, do we think it's the Spurs or another organization? She was the coach in the Spurs game the other night. I forget who they were playing, but Pop uh, got rung, and he pointed to Becky like, yo, it's your show. Yeah, I saw that. Uh I feel like it's always like hard to tell, and uh, it's just so tough to like give her. Go ahead. Is is some team gonna say, "Oh man, I want to poach her off the bench," or is she waiting for Greg Popovich to essentially step down and hand her the reins? She honestly, I have no idea, but uh. Seems like she clearly belongs, so like I wouldn't be like completely shocked if someone was just like, "Now nah, we need you." You know what I mean? Like it's cool if you want to stay, but like you can come get the bag over here too and get your feet wet for real. You know what I mean? Um, but we didn't I, answer his question though, because uh, he said, "Who do you think the first team is?" I, I guess it's easy to say the Spurs because she's built equity within that organization. Um, my thing is. I don't even know if I should say this out loud, but I know it's going to happen, and I don't know. 
Fuck it. I'll say it. So Becky Hammond's going to get a job. And there's going to be a contingent of black NBA Twitter that is going to attack her because some black assistant coach they feel is deserving doesn't get the didn't get a call yet. And I think it's like super corny just based on women and minorities are both oppressed groups that don't get enough opportunities within the sports landscape. But I'm telling you, it's going to happen. So uh, I can definitely see that because uh, NBA Twitter does get mad at them just recycling like the same coaches over and over. But uh, like you just, there goes my red do-rag. But uh, just like you said, uh, they're, they've been oppressed too. And uh, they, 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 they're, they're at a huge disadvantage too, just like us. So like they're like in the minorities with us, we're just like, not getting fair chances and uh, having to work twice as hard just to get a shot to prove that they're just as good. So uh, as long as you put the work in and like, as long as you're qualified, uh, I feel like we should kind of just be applauding the change and hoping that uh, soon it's our turn. You know what I mean? No, I agree. Um, I believe this is also from Riley. Indiana is good, like borderline really good. Do you see them trading Oladipo? What's a realistic trade? See, that's, I don't, that's more, I don't more think they move go, go. him. I, I just don't think they move him. I think he needs to accept that he is now clearly not the first best player on that team. Like, Sabonis has turned into a dude I don't that think he's the second I, best player on that team. Huh? So I don't think he's the second best player on that team. I think that's up for debate. I don't think so either. But, like, I think Sabonis has turned into a dude I never saw coming. Like, he's a... Wow. He's a wow is about as much analyst as I can give you. No, I completely agree, but I think Brogdon is definitely the second best player, too. Like, I guess it, I don't feel like really up for debate, honestly. I just feel like it's, it's Brogdon. So what do you do? So what are you looking for in, like, a return package for Oladipo? Or do you just sort of ride this out? Why does he want to trade so bad? He doesn't like the is, is it is he doing the the Gordy? The I don't like my role anymore. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading articles. Niggas <laughs> talking to players like, damn, y'all look like y'all having mad fun over there while the game's going on. Like that's insane. Like I just sometimes I think like if something goes bad for you in a spot like where his injuries went and then like as Gordon Hayward, you made a really good parallel. Gordon Hayward and Victor Oladipo went to the Celtics and the Pacers respectively to be, if not the guy, like at least the second best guy and have like bigger roles than what they have now, or they expected things to go better. And then they got an injury and internal development of young guys has moved them to the back burner. Like these are very simple parallels. Like DeMontis Sabonis has turned into a much better player than what Victor Oladipo, I'm sure, envisioned, like, damn, this dude's the best player on the team now. And then Jalen and Jason did the same thing to Gordy during his injury. Then they brought in a point guard that this dude might be better than you in Brogdon, and then same thing with the Celtics. Yo, Kemba might be better than you, Gordy. So now it might just be, yo, injuries robbed me of what I thought it was going to be here. I need a fresh start somewhere else. 
Yeah, I that's I could definitely see that. Or I could just have the mindset of like, damn, like I'm still uh I'm still like getting my maybe not as touch as you want, but like I got good guys around me, you know what I mean? So like we could make some noise like if I change my attitude around, like long as like excuse me, like getting back to his body, you know what I mean? Cause like he was still struggling like sometimes and like you could tell that like, he wasn't clearly all the way back. And he's been like, I haven't. He's been solid. He's been scoring, is what I would say. I haven't watched enough games to know if like they're empty or if he looks good. But he's been scoring. Like Uh, I, I I watched one of their games. I didn't, I didn't finish the game, but like he looks, he looks solid. Not like like, enough to be twenty-two, twenty-four, sixteen, sixteen. And, like, those first two games are super efficient. 19 for 14 versus the Knicks and 8 for 12 against Chicago. And then 5 for 14 versus Cleveland is cool. 10 of 8, he got 18 shots up versus the Celtics. That's uh, in the Jason Tatum miss game, the game winner miss game, I believe. And then 3 of 16 versus the Knicks uh, last night. He's He's been cool, but, like, it's not... It's not impactful the way... It used to be, you know. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, before like he used to be, damn, like he's taking the league by a storm. Like when he made that jump, like it's not back to that level. All right. Um, here's um, a quick one from Riley. If Herder keeps this up and Gallo stays injured, does that make Gallo expendable? For me, this is a no. Like you just keep Gallo because. He's just so big. He's big with a soft touch. You always need floor spacing bigs. And then Gallo is a proven secondary ball handler. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. And uh, as we talked before, like, that's a guy that uh, allows you to play uh, play small but still be big while keeping this floor spaced. Uh, like, so, like, you definitely, like, need guys like that. You know what I mean? Because uh, – I just don't like what uh, would you be wanting back in return? You know what I mean? Unless like you're trying to get like younger and like like the deal is like too good to pass up. But like I would really want to see uh, this group see what they can do throughout in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I just feel like uh, they really do fit really well together. This one comes from your Duke homie, Justin Horvers, my guy. Is that your cousin? This guy. <laughs> um. In the 2012 draft class, did you think more of these players could have been better? Is his first question. Um, I pulled up the 2012 draft. There's a lot of high-end guys in this. <clears throat> Anthony Ooh, Davis went one. Um, so it's Anthony oh, Davis, uh, Michael Kidd uh-huh. Gilbert, right, Brad okay. Um, Deion Raiders, Thomas Robinson, Dame Lillard, Harrison Barnes, Terrence Ross, Drummond. Austin Rivers, like there's, there's guys that I liked in this draft. Um, uh, second round guy in this draft, Jay Crowder is from this draft. So it seems like it's a really good draft. Maybe not the star power, uh, like Kid Gilly flopping. Uh, no people are, well maybe it was just me high on Aust, uh, but Drummond, Bo, Ad, who else? Um, Dame Lillard, like you got two top ten guys in the league out of this draft. 
<laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It seems like a really good draft. Like, what more? Who like who is the who who went three? Brad Beal. These guys are hooping. Yeah, draft. Like I did. I think you might find drafts that like are a little bit like I don't know. You have three all stars, like easy, like three perennial all stars in Beal, Davis, and uh, Dame. Two top ten guys, very serviceable rotation players, and then like a couple other guys, or maybe one other guy who's been an all star in Andre Drummond. I was gonna say, and you got some like. We just talked about how good Jay, like Jay Crowder is and stuff. So like you you got players that are hooping in here. Like Evan Fonier's in this draft. John Henson, Mo Harkless, Jeremy Lamb, um, Miles Plumley. No, no, no. This is a good draft. You just you you take what you get at Chris Middleton's in this draft. You got Chris Middleton, Jay Crowder, Draymond Green. And Will Barton, the second round of this draft. No, no, no you can't ask for more from this draft. These guys, are, they definitely, they definitely here. Yeah, no, nah, you can't ask for more for, than what 2012 gave you. Um, do you think there should be a Europe draft and a U.S. draft separately to produce more competition in summer leagues or preseason? I'll let you take that one first. Uh, I think it's fine the way it is, honestly. I do. How about you? Yeah, leave leave this alone. There's, You're just going to water it down by making teams draft dudes that have no business getting drafted. Like, if you split it that much, like, oh, you can only take U.S. kids, and then it's, damn, we found, well, I guess we'll take Sun out of um, Wisconsin UW because we have this pick. But we'd never, we probably wouldn't touch him with an undrafted rookie free agent deal uh, in the old ways. Um, so that's just me. Do I think you could do, if you wanted, like, if you were, like, hell-bent on doing something like this, you could do a undrafted summer league where there's six G League spots on the line or something. But other than that, like, leave it alone. But if you're looking for more content, like, you can always put more basketball on. I think the NBA should partner with the tournament. Okay. That's not a bad idea. Um, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum. Yo, Riley loves to put me and you at odds. That That's Riley's bag. Uh, <sighs> right now, I'm, I'm still going to – I feel like – you got to go with the player that's uh, been battle-tested and proven it, especially if it's close for me. I mean, yeah. that's just the way I look at it. And uh, I know D-Book's going to get, like, the chance to be on that uh, to be on that stage. But uh, even with that said, I still – it's crazy because I think these guys are, like, two of the best tough shot makers in the game. And it's going to be, like – all, like the, like, the guys that I'll be looking at, like, these are, like, two of the – like, for, like, the up-and-coming, like, the – I'm saying, like, when the way the – like the Danes and like the Curries and the like phase out like with these guys like these are gonna be the guys for me. But uh, I always uh, I I normally uh, I I I'm gonna lean JT just because like I said he's been battle tested and he's proven he can get it done, and uh, he's also like just a little bit like taller, longer, better defender. So I'm gonna lean JT on this one. It's Jason Tatum and 
all's like putting Tatum and Booker does for me together is make me sad because like I, I was telling you the other day, I have been waiting for the basketball gods to give me and you a reason to get crazy. Like I've been waiting for uh, an elite Duke player and an elite Kentucky player to team up in the NBA. So me and you can just be like going nuts together. And we've had like, we've had some close calls. We thought it was going to be, well, before originally I thought it was going to be AD and Kyrie in Boston. But before that, Kyrie went number one in 2011 and the Cavs sucked the next year and they wound up getting the four pick Dion waiters. But there was a chance that the ping pong balls dropped them to one again. And like Kyrie and AD together on the Cavs would have given us that opportunity. Then like there was talks that, yo, maybe they do it together in Boston. We didn't get that. Then um, all the smoke podcast, it's Earl Watson that's on there talking about how bad he wanted to pair Tatum with book. Correct. Yeah. 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 And like, I'm just like dying for that. And like the closest they can get me is the Sacramento Kings where it's De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley. And that's not it. That, that is not it. Did did you see, did you see what Bagley's dad said? Yeah. He said, get him out of (laughs) here. That's so funny. Oh man. He said, yeah, I'm not sick. I'm sick of this. Get my boy up off this team. Um, what can the Warriors get for Oubre and Wiggins? Th- this should be really quick. Coal. I was going to say maybe like a snow shovel. Yeah. Like wherever you send them, just send them somewhere where they can shovel. Like use those big physical builds for something. Maybe they can do construction. <laughs> Yo, it is. Oh. I keep seeing people that say they need to run a, a simpler offense for them. I see a lot of uh, people keep saying that on Twitter. Just simplify the shit for them. Like, clearly it's not, like, you got to adjust. And I see people, a lot of people are killing uh, killing Steph, but, like, and they keep saying, like, he's not going to change the way he plays. But, like, isn't that what makes the great one so great? Is that, like, they adapt to their surroundings, like, no matter what the team needs? Yeah, but also, is the offense too complex or are they just missing shots? Like, they're getting shots up. So is it the offense or is it them not making shots? I think it's a, uh, probably it could be a mixture of both, honestly. But they are missing, not even like missing shots. <laughs> These niggas are just like, it goes up and you know it's not going in. Like, it's, I don't know how. Bro, like, they were one and two in the league and missed layups at a point together. Like, like, uh, who's missed the most layups at the rim this season? Well, it's Kelly Oubre. Oh, who's next? Andrew Wiggins. No, 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 not on the Warriors, in the whole league. Yeah, be in the whole league. It's them. They got this. You want a layup missed? They got you covered. Yeah, the, the three-point percentage ain't no better, though. It's, this is a great question. Um, in a tough Western Conference, how do you think Memphis can become a playoff team in years to come, because they might have to punt this year with it's a shortened season, jaws out. We haven't seen Jaron Jackson Jr. yet. Like, it might be over for this season. So a move to help them become a contender for years to come is if it's over, punt this season and try and get one of those elite kids in this draft. Like, add a third piece. You have your point guard of the future. You have your big of the future. 
Now it's time to get like an elite wing. That would be no, my you, no. That's that's exactly what you. I think you hit the nail on the head. And uh, I, I this is a really good question, but I also want him to realize that there's a lot more balance in the league right now, and the West is not nearly is not what we think it is. It's not what it has been in years past. Did you just bite a carrot? No, no. I just I moved this uh, thing on my uh, on my bed. It was like a I don't know what the hell it was. A carrot is what it sounded like. It sounded like you did a Bugs Bunny. <laughs> no, 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 my bad. But I definitely think you don't think the league is way more balanced than it is uh, has been in years past. What you're trying to say is that the East is way flyer than we gave it credit for. And yes, I agree. Yeah, it is definitely. But uh. Go ahead on. Um, all right. This comes from the homie George. Um, as the game has evolved over the years, what is a point guard now? He's always looked and seen players like Steph, Trey, and Dame as two guards slash combos at the least. Is there such thing as a true point guard anymore? Yeah, I feel like you have guys still like John Moran, who's a true point guard. You still have John Wall. Well, I guess he just got back. You still, uh, I'm trying to, Chris I Paul. Mean, the game just huh? The point god, Chris Paul. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the game just clearly evolved, but uh I don't I don't understand why uh the point I don't understand why the point guard has to be uh the the run the showman, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like I get like it, it kinda helped, but like with the game being more like free flowing now, like if my guy can get buckets, give me these buckets. You know what I mean? And, like, they're still doing all the playmaking, too. I wouldn't even like two cards. I wouldn't. I just think it's just that the game just evolved. That's just how I see it. So I think he's asking, are there, like, are we going to see any up-and-coming, like, um, floor floor managers sounds, like, so mean, like, like just just run the offense and stay out the way kind of guys. And I think the role for those type of point guards is is backups. It is, yeah. Like the like uh, Trey Jones just came out of Duke. Like he's the perfect example of that. I just don't know. Get, get these buckets, like, and a dude in his class who was battling for number one point guard, Darius Gartland. Like he's more of a, I guess what he called, like what it could be a combo guard. Like he's a get buckets guard, and like he's had a nice start to the season. You know what I mean? Yeah, nineteen and nights. That's healthy. Yeah, 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 for real. He's 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 been hooping. I just uh, I feel like it's still basketball though, and I feel like being able to play two positions is is better. It makes you more versatile because like it allows you. Uh, right, maybe if I do have another guy that uh, he might need the ball a little bit more, are you able to play off ball? Like that's that's a good thing. Nope, I agree. I feel where you're coming from. That was actually the last mailbag question. Um, do you have anything to plug? Are you doing anything that you want to let the people know about? Nah, I'm just chilling, trying to stay away from this damn snow. I hate snow, man. That's All right. it. Our big plug of the day is the Playgrounder Instagram. I need you guys to go follow that on IG. It's simply the Playgrounder, one word. One of our goals this year is to get it to a thousand followers. So 
I don't care if you snatch your girlfriend's phone. Just 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 go follow it from your account and her account. We're at 586. So let's just push it. This has been the Shaw's Law Podcast. Thank you to my brother, Jay Shaw, for pulling up. Follow him on Twitter at jshaw03245. I'm at Shaw's Law Podcast. I'm the pod god, a.k.a. Harry Potter. Thank you for listening.